Welcome everyone to episode 61. This one's going to be a little different. We're a little tight for time this week, so I'm just taking some listener mail with these two gentlemen. Um, so I got Chris and Bill here with me as usual. What you been doing this last week, Bill? Well, it's been uh, a little slow on the game front, uh, just uh, uh, partially because I have uh, the in-laws uh, visiting. Um, I got my uh, my uh, wife's uh, parents and her sister are in town uh, for my son's uh, baptism tomorrow. So uh, so yeah, haven't really been uh, doing too much on the uh, on the Xbox, but uh, my father-in-law is a gamer, so I welcomed him to browse Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you know, so while I'm at work or whatever, say hey, you know, anything that I have or anything you want to download. So he found this game on Game Pass uh, where you're. It's not Ice Road Truckers, but like you're basically like an <laughs> Ice Road Trucker. <laughs> and I'm like, so like, what, what? what is this game like what what's uh, so tell me about it and he's like oh it's great because he's he's super into like realism and like you know he wants authenticity so you have like the not the cockpit view but like the like the cabin view or like the uh you know inside the the vehicle and he's like every truck has you know this little thing that you can you know you push or pull to turn on the engine or kill the engine he's like they all have that you can look at the instruments and everything i'm like oh it's great it's like what are you doing it he's like oh like you're just driving <laughs> Oh, it's cool. Like, is it for points? You to get money or anything? Is nah, you're just driving. <laughs> so you he's gotta happy. get him to play that Penn and Teller or Sega CD. I, it's it's funny you mentioned Desert that bus. because the the next words out of my mouth were, "Hey, have you ever heard of Desert Bus?" <laughs> and then that got us on this whole tangent of like, "Oh, it does this and this." And then he started because he's got he's he's an engine he's a, a retired engineer, but he has a lot of ideas. So as we started talking about that, and I told him about you know desert bus and then he said you know what they're missing in the game industry is something where you can just drive around and it's like accurate and i was like well you know you do have forza where the interiors of cars are accurate and he's no i'm talking about be able to like drive down your street and like pull into a driveway and i'm like well you know microsoft flight simulator has that because they use mapping and like you can take off from your local airport and fly over your house do you mean google maps (laughs) yeah and then and he's into the vr scene too so i was like well of course you have google earth so then you have that and you could do it in vr where you can do street view so if you want to like just be in venice and just kind of walk down the street so i was like yeah there is you know it's it's niche but there is that market and he's like no no it's it's got to be driving (laughs) you you gotta be able to drive and i was like yeah but then you know you run into the privacy issue of should you be able to drive into anyone's driveway <laughs> in the world and look in their front window? And then the hillbilly like, you know. comes out with the shotgun. What you doing yep. here, boy? And it's, uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, Randy Pitchford uh, uh, <laughs> from uh, Crazy Earl from Borderlands. What you want? <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, 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 that, that's uh, been a little bit of the gaming uh, over here. And, of course, uh, you know, my kids, when they uh, are good during the week and they get all the schoolwork done, we play games on the weekends. I may or may not have mentioned that my boys have misplaced our copy of Super Mario Odyssey, so they've started looking at other uh, games in our little Switch library. So Breath of the Wild is something I've played, and they've recently now said, "Okay, like let's give Zelda a try." Uh, they're both really into it. Um, they're they're teaching you know my my father-in-law how to play. They're getting you know all they want to do is find shrines and get spirit orbs. And Cameron's like, "I'm gonna get stamina," and Callahan's like, "No, no, no, no you gotta get strength." So uh, or life rather. Um, so yeah, they're really digging that and, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, the same place I've been for a little while, not really playing a ton of destiny, looking forward to the expansion. That's a little under a month away. 
and uh, kind of continuing on with my little Lego journey uh, that I've been on. But uh, we don't have to get into too much detail about that because it's kind of off uh, off topic. But uh, definitely uh, enjoying myself with the uh, the world of Lego as well. How about you, Chris? What you been up to? Boy, ah, I wouldn't say anything too terribly exciting because, you know, it's still coronavirus land. But um, I... I jumped into the raspberry pie pie hole thing so i've been <laughs> figuring out how to set up pie hole in my house and so <laughs> if anybody has secret tips for making my pie hole installation better and i i'm just gonna keep saying pie hole because it sounds ridiculously <laughs> stupid i don't know who came up with that name but it works so <laughs> pie hole pie hole uh anyway uh you know Tweet all your pie hole yeah. picks to yeah. Chris. <laughs> so, 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 so when you say fell into the, you know, the pie hole, <laughs> what is your ultimate goal with the pie project? The pie project with pie hole. Cause I have to say pie hole. Yeah. That's <laughs> in the contract. When you sign the terms of agreement it says you have to say it all right. the time. Uh, is I just, you know, ads like, uh, you know, for me, I'm smart. I don't, mean this in the wrong way but uh, i'm smart <laughs> enough to learn how to use browser humble extensions too. and things so to humble. block ads um uh, maybe mm -hmm. the rest of my family not as much and so i'm trying to do this as a service for them right so they can gotcha. enjoy using their devices without being overly bombarded with advertisements and uh so yeah so um yeah setting up pie hole uh, pie hole pie hole <laughs> <laughs> uh, other, other than that um i stepped back into demon souls a little bit thought you know i'll warm back up because playstation 5 is what less than a month away now so thought i would knock the rust off i want to kind of be pretty fresh with the idea so when i see it i can be like oh, okay i want to compare and contrast and do all that fun stuff um and it's fun to play anyway and i'm still i still find myself pretty good at it so uh Cool. Having, having fun killing some demons other than that you know kids smart and good at souls games <laughs> most humble of us all if only i could pull off the trifecta of good looking but uh mm. you know <laughs> uh not all of us can be crabby the no video this week so <laughs> you can be however you want to be <laughs> the uh the kids boy you know kind of like bill saying it, they've you know, not not the Breath of the Wild thing, but they've been playing some other games. So we picked up 3D All-Stars a while back. They've been exploring Galaxy and uh, Super yeah. Mario 64 and not Sunshine so much. So my kids are smart, smart as you can tell. Smart kids, they yeah. Are, they're they pretty took after their daddy. They, the Galaxy is the best, and then 64 is still pretty good. And then, you know, uh, the other game is also on the card. So there you go. <laughs> that is an accurate assessment of that collection. Yeah, and then did, uh, did you, you know, say? Did you say inaccurate? Yeah, it I said like accurate. You said inaccurate. Absolutely accurate. <laughs> and then uh, Eden still like she will not stop playing Super Mario 3D World. Like she's totally completed the game like almost three times now, and just keeps going back and playing it. So you know, like it's awesome. Oh, I'm going to go through here and I'm going to unlock, do all the stuff to unlock Rosalina again. And then mm. I'm going to do all of this. And I'm like, that is so much, so many levels in that game. So, yeah. you know, she gets frustrated sometimes and uh, she's not afraid to yell out a little bit. Nothing bad, but, you know, she gets angry and she, she shares her frustration. She, she screams pie hole. <laughs> pie hole, pie hole, pie hole. That's, that's the new safe word uh, from now on. So, uh, anyway. 
so yeah that's that's the kind of stuff that's going on in my house uh and i man demon soul still feels really good so i'm curious to see what what comes out with the playstation 5 i'll be really interested to hear your thoughts um because i know how familiar you are with the old one especially if you're brushing up on it to hear how they do with the remake i'm gonna be really curious there's a lot of obtuse stuff in in demons like a lot of weird systems and things that do not make much sense to most people unless you really dig in so i'm gonna be curious if they try to lighten that up or if they're just like nah screw it which is gonna be just as crazy obtuse would you be upset if they played around with it too much or would you be okay if they experimented a bit with with some of it i think i'd be okay because some of the systems are so kind of out there that i just don't think they're really terribly practical um they're kind of neat if you understand them and they were very experimental and innovative at the time but some of the conditions for some of the things are so weird i mean like a lot of things were based on things that were happening server-wide so like world states and things were all about how the collection of players were doing in the individual levels more winning or dying and and oh, weird yeah there's like yeah yeah it's really strange so i'll be curious to see if they try to stick with any of that or they just kind of like eh, maybe not so we'll find out yeah really weird so if you're bored look up uh world tendencies and and like character tendencies and demon souls and try <laughs> to figure it out I have had a very busy work week. Um, we started doing some respite care recently and picked up a whole bunch of extra shifts this week. So I haven't had a whole lot of game time either. I snuck in just enough to finish off Dragon Warrior 4 since we last recorded. So that was my 606th NES game I've beaten now. I saw the YouTube upload. So what did you think? Now that you're done with the Dragon Warrior series, what's your overall thoughts? Forever. And why is Dragon Quest 3 the, still the best one? I personally, I'd say four is my favorite of them. I'd say four, three, two, one. I just do them backwards. <laughs> I think they got a little bit better each time. Okay. Um, I liked the chapters uh, that four started with. Um, I thought especially Alina and Taloon's chapters were really interesting. Uh, Taloon just like having a JRPG where your goal is to like be this like awesome merchant rather than like go kill your <laughs> evil. It was a really cool change up. Like you're just trying to go get rich, like buy and sell items. You're trying to equip a kingdom. You're trying to build your own shop. It was just a neat change of pace. Um, the grind was a lot more manageable in four. Um, there wasn't a moment where you just like hit a wall and had to grind it out. Like I, I felt like I was overpowered going into the last boss, which I had never felt in the Dragon Warrior game. I beat him first try very, very easily. It was not even a contest at all. I did grind a bit going into it because I was expecting it to be a lot harder, and I was surprised that it was a little, little more on the team side. Um, and the last dungeon wasn't a brutal, disgusting mess like in Dragon Warrior 2, where it's like dropping you in pits and like it was a huge maze and just a nightmare it was very straightforward final dungeon um yeah i just I, I never felt lost in the game either where in two and three i remember there being points where it's just like i don't know where to go or what i'm supposed to be doing at this moment i never had that with with four i always felt like i knew what part of the map i had to go to what city i had to find what dungeon i was after that kind of stuff so i just yeah I, even though it was long i think it was probably i spent more time on four than i did any of the other ones didn't feel i never felt bored with it 
I just felt like it had a good pace and, and things were always fun. And the, and the, having the chapters like broken up at the start, it felt like little mini games before you start the main game kind of thing, which, which got me comfortable with it. I didn't like how in the first four chapters, you have total control of your team. And then in, in the final chapter, you only control the hero and everyone else is set up on like an AI. That was very baffling to me how they could go backwards for the last half of the game for the controls and mm -hmm. combat. Yeah. But because it wasn't as excruciatingly hard as, as the other ones, it didn't end up being that big of an issue. They never used the spells I would have used ever, but, you know, still won all the battles, <laughs> so it was fine. So will you continue on, you think, after you're done with the NES stuff? Will you go on to... Yeah. Like, 5 at, at is known very, to be, like, one of the best. At, at the very, very least, uh, 5, 8, and 11 okay. are very high on my radar. Those ones have always been talked about very highly, so I feel like I need to give them a shot now that I have a good, firm foundation for Dragon Warrior. So yeah, would I, you, I definitely want to keep going. So would you go back and do originals, or do you think you would do, like, DS, 3DS? I, I have both versions like i have all the ds remakes and i have the originals i probably go to the originals okay. um i just like to see how they were when they when they first came out kind of thing now you, now you know you really like them you'd have to import the dragon quest 5 all the way from japan which is very difficult to do i hope oh, i hope I'm, you can <laughs> I am, i'm confusing them then so maybe five wasn't on my reader maybe it was just eight and eleven five is yeah. supposed to be yeah is is usually regarded as because oh wait, seven came out on the playstation then yes is that correct uh -huh. okay yeah i that's the one i was mistaking for five so i do have the ds remake for that one so i don't have to do any of that excruciating importing <laughs> so the uh, uh where would you recommend now that you played the, the originals uh where would you recommend someone coming into the franchise if they wanted to come in but not get you know kind of frustrated with a, a very grindy or very difficult game um i i'd say one still worth checking out hmm. just you, i wouldn't say you have to play it to completion i'd yeah. say just get a feel for it and, and go as far as you like and then jump okay. to four that'd be my recommendation out of the nes ones I, i'm from what i've heard like for most people just start at 11 that sounds like a really really good entry point for a lot of people though fours on ds and forward so you could always if you wanted to do yeah. a better version of four, got rid that's of our, true. yeah, we got no DSs. We, we, we switched to switch. So yeah. that's the Nintendo platform we got. You, you got rid of all the handhelds and everything or no got nothing. Wow. Yeah. No, we, 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 we gifted them to gifted them out. Just got, yeah, just, I had the, the, the Majora's mask, uh, 3ds XL for a while. Um, kind of holding on to that with a couple of favorites that I really enjoyed and just kind of ended up in a drawer for a few years and we're like, oh, you know, I'll still play it eventually. You know, there's still some cool games on it. And then just like so much time passed when we didn't play it. And if we are going to play something sitting in bed, it was the Switch or, you know, so it's like, all right, well, maybe it's time to move on from these guys. So, yeah, no more DSs in the house. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. I think it's a platform that <laughs> I don't want to let go of. That's a, that's a really mm -hmm. great platform. And I... It irritates me that Nintendo didn't bother to put backwards compatibility in the Switch for the, that, that stuff. <laughs> that was like my parents when the Super Nintendo came out, and they they, they left the camp. <laughs> See ya. We're a Sega family now. Yeah. You guys ready for some listener questions? I love listener questions. This is, yeah. if we had, you know, more time, we would do these every, you know, episode. But obviously we 
don't have all the time in the world, but yeah, I love uh, if, listening to If someone else this is great. wanted to edit these shows, we do every time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any time. <laughs> all I can say is, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So if, if yeah, can we get some Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background somewhere on the, the next edit? <laughs> Did you did you see the music I put in there last time? You requested Lamb of God. You did not get Lamb of God. I did not get Lamb of God. No. <laughs> that was a good move. That was a power move. Yeah. All right. So our first question, we got three questions from at Bickman2K on Twitter. Adam's awesome. It. Yeah. He's got some serious ones and some, some fun ones. <laughs> uh, so he wants to know, um, they haven't been released yet, but with disc-free options being available from launch, does this essentially spell the end of the line for physical media, at least for Microsoft and Sony? Yeah. How do you guys feel about it? Do you think they're like really, really pushing harder than we thought they would this generation, or a little less? I think for this gen, we're probably fine, but PlayStation 6, Xbox version mega zord whatever they come up with yeah that's no no it'll, it'll, it'll be, definitely still over. have an x in it to be as confusing as possible did you series q see, it'll, it'll be series but spelt like x e r i e x so it'll be like series x that's gonna be the next one there we go <laughs> calling it uh did you see the uh news headline that GameStop and Xbox like partnered up a couple days ago, so they're taking oh, yeah. a cut out of digital sales from Microsoft. So every time they sell Game Pass in store or digital items, GameStop does get a cut of that stuff. And so if they sell the Game Pass subscription, they also get a cut of like DLC and in-game purchases that that consumer makes in those games online. I heard it was payable in pre-order codes. <laughs> <laughs> or game informer subscriptions <laughs> but yeah I, I did see that headline and at first i was like i was a little bit surprised because i was like i like i don't like i don't know if like the like not microsoft but like you know say like the like the console makers like i don't know if the console makers need the retailers right like like they can just sell their own things like why would they do this and i think it kind of you know in my own head it just kind of came down to well microsoft is still trying to sell as much software as they can and you know if they have another party that they have to give like a little commission fee to to get them selling more of their subscription-based services or their you know their their digital downloads and they don't have to pay that um you know since they're not paying the cost of uh, uh you know for the physical uh you know media they're just paying like a little bit of a commission you know i guess it makes sense but uh, uh i guess what i really wonder is does this put any pressure on, you know, Microsoft and sorry, uh, Sony and Nintendo to do the same thing so that GameStop has the same incentive to to, you know, push those products as well. Um, but to, just to answer Adam's question really quick, uh, you know, does this spell the end of physical media, at least for Microsoft and Sony camps? Um, I don't know if like this particular thing spells the end. I mean, I think physical media is going away. But I don't think the disc-free options at launch for these two consoles is the thing that means they're going away. I think it's 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 inevitable at some point. This is just another thing in the long list of kind of indicators that it's going away eventually. Um, and we've talked at length about, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it. I don't think anyone cares whether or not I'm okay with it. You know, it's just everyone's going to be different on this. There are people that like physical and they order from limited run. And there are people who don't care and they get stuff on Steam sale. So... Um, the world's going that way, and I think, like most people, you know, I think that uh, this is the last. Uh, if this isn't the last console generation, uh, you know, 
that has a physical, you know, optical disc slot, then we're, I mean, we can't be any more than one away after this. It depends on how long this generation lasts. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's more of my thoughts. I think we'll, we'll sneak out one more, at least mm-hmm. one of them. Like even if Microsoft goes all digital next time around, I think Sony might still hang on to discs. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully we'll, we'll have Nintendo doing their own weird media for, for many years yeah. to come, I think. Yeah, it'll it'll be like Mass Effect, like that, like uh, optical, you know, like uh, arm blade that you'll get yeah. your games on. Oh, you'll stick I'm it into, into the, <laughs> stick it in like like a RoboCop, right? Just stick it in the wall, and like then your games load into your uh, entertainment center. It's, I honestly start to wonder if they'll leave them be another Xbox after this point. I think they're going to get cloud gaming and Game Pass nailed down, and then they'll just have it. You know, it'll be an app yeah, for your TV, be. and you'll just stream it. Yep, could be. Sure. Yeah, they're definitely moving that way, especially yeah, if they got GameStop, uh, like a big retailer, like pushing hard for them in that direction too. I could see right. that. I, I do think as 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 long as there's been like a recent enormous cloud gaming failure, there's going to be like resistance to go that way. Like when like before Stadia came out, I don't like there there were you know i don't think there were thoughts that like oh man this is going to take over the world but like it was very much uncertainty like is this going to cut into our business is this going to be a thing and microsoft was doing a lot of talking about like oh like project x cloud and and cloud and we got this and like it's coming it's coming and then stadia kind of happened and it was like okay it doesn't have like any of the features that they talked about we're adding those later we're adding those later and then it was just kind of radio silence for months and months and then Microsoft stopped really talking about Project X Cloud, and it was like, all right, you know, we don't really Just have to do that. Recently, that's picking up again. Do you think that's because the Luna is like looming now too? I I do. I I do think that like once the conversation starts, you know, one in one part of the uh, the industry, then it kind of you know spreads out to like the the competitors or the other people in those spaces. But uh, I I do agree with Chris in that I do think that you know you are eventually. It's like. You don't go to the store and buy a Netflix machine, right? You just have the Netflix app available on everything. I do think that is eventually where it's going to get. Who knows how long it'll take? But you know, selling boxes and you know making hardware is is you know I think in the future it is going to be you know we're going to have farms that can render all these things and we can deliver them to you and then still allow you to do your input. But I, I do think that the market's always been kind of afraid of that, even when the Xbox came out. I was like, oh, it has to be online all the time. It's like, oh, wait a minute. We don't like that. What if you're on a submarine? You know, so <laughs> I, I think there's always going to be resistance to it. But, you know, I, I think we're 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 get, definitely going that direction. I think the only reason that Stadia bombed as hard as it has is because they didn't have any software and all the games they did have were old and you could have you probably played them somewhere else and they were like yeah. full price it just didn't yeah, make, that's, the, yeah. didn't make any financial sense expected streaming yeah. to go was right. like a, a streaming service not like a pay uh, game for pass each thing yes yeah, right. like it, it like pass. game yeah, pass like, right. <laughs> <exactly>. subscription <laughs> service is what i meant so, to say yeah. yeah right so that's so i that is the big the, that's the single biggest reason uh, is that yeah there was no incentive cuz all this software could be played other places Yes, you could buy like individual things, but you also did get, you know, like the, the, the deal was like, oh, if you're a pro member, then you get like free monthly games. But they were all um, old things that exactly, people already played. Exactly. It was like, you know, and like nothing, nothing against no exclusives. Uh, 
Right. So like nothing against Bastion because it's an amazing game, but it's like Skyrim. It's on every single device that's ever been like have video games made available on it. So it's like, okay, your game of the month is Bastion. And it's like, uh, all right. But, you know, we've played that a hundred times, you know, so and then and then it was the like because that that first video where they kind of showed like this is all the things you can do. And like the streaming is just built right in and you can invite someone into it and share a controller, like all these kind of cool things that everybody was like, Oh man, (laughs) how are we going to compete with this? And then it came out and it was like, Oh, like all that stuff is conceptual or coming later. It's like, Oh, so like, what is it right now? And it's like, it's like GeForce go, you know, like it's like every other cloud gaming service that has kind of popped up and then just fizzled out because people can play those games any number of ways without having to ensure that they have like a solid connection where they are right now. So, but yeah, I mean, it, and, and I've said it before, like, I don't want, you know, I don't go into things like hoping a company's going to fail. Uh, you know, I'd like to see like more people in more spaces do well, but they're, like when you when you try to explain, like try to explain to a friend of yours to, that they have to subscribe to Stadia. I think, like I there's, think no, there's, there's no reason to tell okay. them to. I think Google's going to be okay. Oh, yeah, as a company. <laughs> but isn't it, but doesn't it seem weird that like that's what they I, came they up care. with for an offering? I, like I, I have to think, I think with the Google, they're so big. They're like, man, well, let's try it and see what happens. Oh, failed, whatever. Like, oh, was that the thing we spent a couple million dollars on? Like, I, I found that money in the couch, right? They don't care. I, money wise yeah but reputation wise like that that's embarrassing though as a company to google yeah they've they've started and killed so many projects i mean starting to add up to the point though uh, that people are becoming aware i think though it'll be really interesting to see what amazon does with luna they're the only ones that probably has the pockets deep enough to do it but i still don't even understand unless they commit hard uh, I don't right. see the draw right now unless they do a subscription. Right. They've got to do a subscription. Right. Yeah. No, and, and Chris, you definitely could be right that they don't care about it. But like when you look at like some of the other levels of, you know, if you want, if you want like that segment of your business to be good, you got to bring in good people, right? So how are you going to bring in good people in the game space if people in the game space have seen what you've done and it looks like you don't care? Right. Like, how are you going to get someone to come in and say, hey, come be a part of Stadia? And they're going to be like, no, like you guys don't you care about it. It's bad. Five year contract to double your current salary. But look, Ugh. look what Microsoft says. They say like, OK, we want Game Pass to be great. OK, well, what do we do? Hey, go buy all these studios. Go buy Bethesda and Zenimax. Or what does Google do? Oh, it's not doing so well. Whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. have you seen a Stadia commercial since it launched? No, so, so many when it was launching, yeah, yeah and yeah. nothing, and so yeah, they don't care. That's how I know they don't care because they put like zero effort into it. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a really goofy experiment that somebody wanted to try, and it was somebody's kid, uh, you mm-hmm. know, somewhere executive, <laughs> and they're like, "Sure, Junior, here's ten yeah. million dollars. Go goof off sure. at Stadia. Just shut up, and then that's it." It just seems weird that they were able to get. The, you know the the people that they got to like be on this thing it's like oh like you know they've got like names they got former you know like microsoft guys and and this and that and then it comes out and it's like it's really that's all it is you know it's it's these like 10 games and like that's that's it you but know remember it like seems... oculus remember oculus oh, oculus is all you ever hear about oculus oculus and then facebook mm-hmm. bottom oh my god what does this mean facebook has so much money oculus right. Right. whatever i mean do you hear anything about oculus these days i mean every once in a while it's like oh, oh, they have a new device but... where you need yeah. to have a facebook account yeah. to link your oculus to it now and everyone's like mm. this is stupid right <laughs> everybody's just like whatever uh, so 
you know, I it, when people talk about good VR these days, they seem to talk about like the Vive and stuff. I don't hear I don't hear no. Oculus ever. So you know, just because somebody with deep pockets comes in, if they don't know the market, they still don't know the market, and they don't care because it's not their primary primary revenue, and that's why I kind of worry about Amazon. Amazon does it because they want to make Prime better, right? That's the idea is that's their subscription they want to sell to you. And so they want something to plug into Twitch that they've bought. And just like how Google wanted Stadia to plug into YouTube. But again, it's not their primary market. And I don't know. I would have, I, It would have made more sense, honestly, to me, <laughs> if Amazon would have came out with a box to compete with Sony and Sega. I'm sorry, Sega, uh, Microsoft, <laughs> because they sell physical products and ship things to houses, and that would make yeah. good sense. Oh, let's ship a bunch of discs to people or something, but mm. uh, I don't get it. All right, this, this, is, this is, this is quite, got... the, quite the pie hole we've uh, fallen into. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got one just for Bill. I don't think anyone else is qualified to answer this question. <laughs> How many Legos would it take to make a PS5 Lego set similar to the recent <laughs> NES Lego set? Uh, well, Adam. First of all, how many, <laughs> how many pieces is that NES one? It's like 3,000 and something? 2002, uh, sorry, uh, 2,649. That's very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> well, they usually throw in an extra few pieces, so maybe it's 2,652. <laughs> um, and it's not completely uh, like one-to-one. Um, so it's like a little bit smaller than an actual NES. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, my wife hadn't seen how big the uh, PS5 was. And I'm sitting there at the dining room table having just a conversation with my father-in-law last night. And she walks in and we're just kind of chatting about stuff. And that was kind of, you know, what, what one of the subjects we were near. And I said to my wife, I was like, have you seen... Oh, you know what it was? It was the we were talking about the how to lay your PlayStation down, oh, yeah. um, and then uh, uh, so she walks in and I was like, "Dude, have you seen the how to lay your PlayStation down?" It's like, "Oh, wait a minute, have you just seen how big the PlayStation Five is?" And Do you watch that video that... where they tore it apart? And it's like the size I, of the guy's torso and his I head. I showed her the teardown video, and it was like, "Okay, you know, like we're not being, you know, like no uh, stereotypes or anything, but that's either." <laughs> an enormous video game system or a very tiny man. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, if the, if the Lego NES is 2,650 pieces, uh, and, and, but remember that set includes that little like miniature TV with like the, you know, like the scrolling, you know, game that's on there. But I mean, if, if the Lego NES is 2,650, a Lego PS5 with all that curvature and, you know, you got to make all that internal structure. You're definitely using Technic pieces in there, right? With the pins <laughs> to kind of get that, uh, get that going there. Uh, you're probably looking at like, you know, 35, 3,700. So 70 ten, billion is what yeah, you're looking at, for. At, at 10 cents a piece. Yeah. I mean, so that's, what is that? Uh, that's uh, like four pieces per flop. <laughs> So uh, you're looking at like $400. Uh, yeah, you're probably looking at close to the retail price of a PlayStation 5 <laughs> so, hey, for hey, the cost of the Lego set. Yeah, you're probably right. But I would so, be surprised uh, if it's more to build a Lego PS5 yeah, than right? buy a PS5. Well, well it's funny because the, the, the highest piece count set that Lego has right now currently is the Millennium Falcon, uh, which is um, – uh, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many pieces it is, um, but uh, and it's eight hundred dollars. Um, it's somewhere. It's somewhere around. Um, 
seven seven thousand pieces, something like that. But mm. um, anyway, the uh, it's it's the most expensive set they have at eight hundred bucks, and the a new set is coming out next month. It's gonna overtake that piece count, but it's actually gonna be less expensive because they don't need to pay Disney for the licensing. <laughs> so like uh, that's also what I wonder about the Lego NES. Like uh, I wonder how much of a cut you know Nintendo gets on each one. Is it like you know thirty, forty, fifty bucks? They probably make more on the Lego NES than they do on the you know, I mean, I know they make money on their systems, but uh, uh, the set that's taking over as the highest piece count is going to be uh, the uh, they're doing a Roman Colosseum uh, comes oh, out next month. It's going to be like nine thousand pieces or something, probably like six, seven hundred bucks. So that'll be cool if you uh, are really into Russell Crowe and Ridley <laughs> Scott and have the uh, counter space. <laughs> How sad, Bill, will it be when you are about to finish it and you have to replace that one missing piece with a blue one? i honestly like i I was upset when i couldn't find that piece and then two things happened i was like number one i was like this is a really common piece i'll just like go find one and then i went downstairs and all i had it in was blue i stuck it on there and i'm like you know what like that's what han solo would do you know like he wouldn't like you know like you're basically han solo (laughs) yeah (laughs) he wouldn't like so and and for people who are wondering what's going on, as I'm building the Lego Millennium Falcon, I have my kids coming and help me. They kind of got bored and like walked away a handful of times, and they must have walked away <laughs> with some of the pieces. Never found them. So like on the back of my Lego Millennium Falcon, there's like this like glaringly different blue <laughs> like like piece right on the tail. And but I look at it and I'm like you know it gives mine personality. And if uh, you know. If uh, someone ever breaks in and steals it in the heist movie, like that'll be like the identifying mark. The how, like the cops will find it. Yeah, yeah. caught him red-handed. But yeah, that's right. uh, fun times in the Lego land. Our next question might end up in the Lego realm again. This one, this <laughs> next question is just for me, right? That's for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> you're probably the yeah the most uh, knowledgeable. Wait, is there a supermobile? <laughs> Superman doesn't need a mobile. <laughs> He, so he has his own fortress. Is the best Batmobile. Chris, you go first on this one. Uh, Batman '89 Batmobile is the best Batmobile. I mean, it's That's really it's good pretty pow. cool. It's got a giant jet engine that he straddles basically, and like yep. it pops the tops off, and like Gatling guns come out. So mm-hmm. yes, and it can like shoot its way through a iron door and like chop it off yeah. so it can drive <laughs> underneath it, and the cock the cockpit like pops up and back. Yeah, nope. Batman yep. 89, Batmobile. Drive up walls. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, spoiler alert, that is also my personal favorite. I was talking a little bit with Kelsey about this before we were recording, uh, just because we talk Batman every day. And uh, uh, the 89, like, we talked about how this was kind of like when I kind of first was became aware of Batman. Like, this movie was a big deal, and, you know, it was the first Batman Batmobile that I remember seeing. I can't remember if I had seen the Adam West show like slightly before this movie or maybe just a little bit after. Um, they were kind of around the same time for me. But uh, uh, yeah, that that 89, um, which, you know, is is an available Lego set. Uh, it's very, very, very cool. It's got that mobile cockpit. It's got that feature where the Gatling guns do like pop out of the top, which is great. I, there's this whole uh, segment on the, the Lego Ultimate Collector sets that has like some of the history and some of like the uh, like the, you know, uh, concept art and you know like interviews with the designers and you know stuff that happened on the sets of the movies and when you hear about all these things like that like they wanted it to be like you know like so like a jet engine they wanted it to be like you know like propelling like and on when they were on set like filming the movie they like they couldn't get it was like an engine that was supposed to like stay ignited and like be throwing fire out and they couldn't get that like to stay lit in a safe way 
So they ended up like just like pulling that crap out of it and they just like put like wood in there and set it on fire and then just <laughs> drove it for a little bit and then they like blew the fire out. I'm like, that's so cool. But yeah, the uh, uh, it's ridiculously, you know, uh, long, like just just front to back. It's like you could never like, you know, make these like, you know, crazy turns. It's like so, oh, man. so stretched out. At the at the chill, I think I sent you guys a picture one time at the Indianapolis Children's Museum. Not this one, but they had the uh, Val Kilmer oh, yeah. Batman Batmobile mm-hmm. there. And yeah, when you actually see one of these things, it's so insanely yeah. long, and uh, you're like, nobody could drive this thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, they're just they're kind of crazy props. Yeah. So and and he so he did ask Batmobile. So I was limiting my thoughts to just the the uh, the ground vehicles, um, because I assume he would need to say Batwing if he was asking about the aerial vehicles. So I'll just leave it at the 1989 as as my personal favorite, with an honorable mention for Batman the Animated Series. Uh-huh. Um, that is my number one is the mm. animated series car. I really, really like that one, um, and it's heavily inspired by the 89 one. Absolutely, it's got that same look. It's got like the armored thing. It's got the big jet in the back. Got the fins, like yeah, yeah. really sleek looking. Yeah, it's like I, it's, I've, yeah. I just want to give a few honorable mentions too. I really like the design of the one in the Batman and Robin movie, hmm. uh, where it's it's just skinnier and like spinier, and it's got <laughs> yeah. these like real wicked sharp looking fins on it. Yeah. Like, um, like the sixty nine like like or sixty six movie, I really like that the old sixties Batman, uh, Batmobile, and I mentioned to Bill I recently read a book called Batman the Cult, and he's got a monster truck Batmobile in there with like a Gatling gun on top that shoots like rubber bullets to like incapacitate <laughs> people. It's pretty freaking awesome too. Those are those are some of my favorite Batmobiles. Nice. So yeah, what I was going to say, I don't want to interrupt you, but what I was going to say about the animated series one being inspired by the 89, it's almost like the 89, it's almost like they're the same, you know, type of vehicle, like the same type of concept, but the 89 kind of took like a little bit of a stingray approach with like those kind of like flowing, like wavy lines. And the animated series was just like that, you know, you flat. still have the curves on it, but yeah, just yeah. flat, angular, like straight back and just like a little bit more tanky. But yeah, definitely like kind of cut from the same cloth. Yeah. So thanks for those questions, Adam. Uh, we've got one from at Steven Eidner on Twitter. He wants to know how tempted any of us are to buy the mini Game Gears that just came out. Anybody getting in on those? Steven, let me tell you something about age. And uh, <laughs> you get to an age where your eyes don't work as well as they used to. And I don't know if you've seen any pictures of the mini game gear, but like it's it'd be like trying to play half a postage stamp of a video game uh, with well, like if you one finger. All four of them, you get the magnifying glass that fits on them. Oh, so which, it would be which, a full postage stamp size screen. Which, so. which has the best name of a product. It's the Sega Big Window. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate to break it to you, Stephen. Um, there's no no way. That's just not happening. <laughs> no, not happening here. So uh, I will... I'll say again? You getting all four of them? So you have the whole lineup? I mean, if I got one, it would be the black, uh, just because you know that that's what uh, you know that's what I had. Um, and looking at the you know like the kind of that light blue, the yellow, and the red, 
I mean, the red's interesting because it kind of feels like, you know, Shinobi or, you know, like uh, maybe Rangers red, you know, for playing NHL on it. But uh, uh, I, I don't have a huge amount of nostalgia for the Game Gear. Um, we had one, um, you know, had a couple games for it, uh, you know, nothing crazy. So it'd be, it really would be more one of more of those things where, like, you know, you just have it, stick it on a shelf, you know, grab it once in a while. Like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, but uh, you put it on your keychain. You can play I, it anytime you want. I, exactly. Um, you know, I'm just not. I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm I'm glad when like you know goofy weird stuff like this comes out because it gives the you know the crazier portion of the collecting community some like zany wacky thing to go for, and you know, good for them if they like it. Uh, I have no problem, you know, with other people liking it, but yeah, it's, it's not, uh, it's not on my radar for, uh, must haves for the holiday season. Yeah. This one's a little too novelty for me. If they did an actual like game gear, like they don't even have to mini it, just a game gear with like officially licensed. They put some cool games on it. Cause there are some cool games coming out on these mini ones. Mm. It's like you said, it's too small, too weird. Like if they did a, a proper, game gear re-release like i'd be so into that but, but yep. this one's not gonna pass if it was like a one-to-one with like you know 20 or not even you know 15 20 you know decent games on it i'm in or if this was like a side feature of like a version two of the genesis where they're like oh now with the you know uh, a selection of game gear games or maybe some master system you know built into that i'm into it even if it's just on a tv not portable but yeah this sure. kind of like super you know, super small uh, type thing. Like I, I see it being like uh, a thing you would hand a friend and they would laugh and be like, Oh, oh cool. And then they put it down and that would be yeah, the end of totally it. Totally worth the 60 bucks he spent for that. that <laughs> Have to show it to 60 different friends. <laughs> and then it costs a dollar per reaction. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Steven. Um, we've got a question from get off my lawn. Oh, one. Um, he's got kind of a double question here. Some comic book questions. Uh, he wants to know if you have a favorite between Deadpool and Deathstroke. Um, we, got, we got some Marvel versus DC stuff going on here. I got to go Deadpool on this one. I mean, can you, can you go the other way? I don't know. It's... I'm going the other really? way. Hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so earlier, uh, and you know, people who've, you know, listened to the show, they know that Krabby's the, uh, uh, the comic, uh, resident comic expert. I think he's got the correct opinion on the Batman Superman no. debate. He's got, uh, <laughs> uh, just like general, you know, just knowledge, uh, you know, about, uh, you not know, an expert, scene. not an expert. Just enjoy <laughs> he has a opinion. on. <laughs> he has Superman the definitive, uh, opinion. Um, uh, except when it comes to the DualShock 4, uh, controller. But, uh, but yeah, I'm more of a, just, I'm, I'm less of a comic guy. I'm more of like, I like Batman, you know, and that's, that's kind of like my, and I'm not even like as into Batman as Krabby is, but I just really enjoy Batman. I always like to find a good Batman story and I branch out into comics a little bit beyond that. Like I love Saga, uh, which is a comic that an image comic that a friend of mine, Courtney got for me for Christmas years ago. And I've bought every one of them since then. Um, but, uh, a lot of what I know about the Marvel universe, you know, comes from the movies. I never read any Marvel comics, so I don't feel qualified to say my knowledge of Deadpool comes from the movies as well. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think Deathstroke is a super cool character. Uh, Kelsey was nice enough to remind me of some of his appearances before, uh, uh, the recording tonight. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, this piece and this piece. But, uh, uh, I, I think it's hard to, to, uh, overstate the revival of Deadpool, 
like could you imagine like you know this conversation you know 10 years ago might be different but man i mean deadpool I is, a, both is a phenomenon started coming back into the conscience about the same time but deadpool's mm. definitely overshadowed deathstroke mm. for sure yeah for sure yeah. So I don't like swear words. So Deadpool gets like a whole bunch of minus <laughs> points for me. Right. He's too gross. I don't like him. I've yep. never, even as a kid, when I was like the target age and audience mm. for Deadpool, hated him. Did not enjoy any comics he ever appeared in. Um, th- there's some cool stories I've heard of after the fact that I want to check out that I think I might kind of enjoy. Um, like there's a Hulk story where basically most of the marvel universe gets turned into hulks and there's a, a hulk a, what do you call him a hulk pool i guess it's like a deadpool hulk uh who sounds really funny and interesting hulk pool sounds like amazing <laughs> yeah so i want to check that one out but yeah i'll go deathstroke every time um i'm typically more of a dc guy when it comes to the comic side of things he's just a cool assassin he's like super serious super deadly and even in like the more comedic side, um, the Teen Titans Go movie, he's the main villain. And he's got some really funny moments in there that I like watching with my kids. So, yeah, I definitely go with the Deathstroke on that one. Yeah, I, I should have thought like so knowing what I know about you and, uh, you know, not being into, uh, you know, anything with the vulgarity or anything that probably should have uh, set off a little alarm there. Could you imagine if Deadpool was also a pirate? I can. I can very easily imagine that. <laughs> And a cowboy pirate too. Yeah, right. Yeah, cowboy, yeah, cowboy a vulgar cowboy, <laughs> astronaut pirate. And then hey, you said, there... "Don't bring astronauts." <laughs> so you said there was another part of this question. Uh, yeah, he's also got the age-old. Who who would you pick, Hawkeye or Green Arrow? Do you guys have a preference? Are, there? are we just shouting it out, or you're going to call on us? Still, Hawkeye. I'm calling on you. Yeah. What's what's your reasoning? So again, you know, I don't want anyone calling me out for, you know, being a, a fake comic person. So I've not read comics. I've only seen movies. Uh, so my answer comes from. Uh, There's no cool Green Arrow movies. Okay, cool. No. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think I think we're all on the same page on that. So I just wanted to make sure. So it, it, it's it's basically Jeremy Renner uh, versus. Uh, the guy uh, from the CW. It, I can't remember his name off the top it, of my head. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, and people have told me that there's like, you know, some of the CW stuff, you know, if you go in knowing what to expect and you know, it's going to be, you know, it, 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 enjoy it for what it is type stuff. There's some goofy stories you can get into, but yeah. I've, I've still not jumped into any of those. With the arrow stuff too, they, they kind of figured out what kind of show they should be like on the third season, I felt like. Mm. And I, I really enjoyed like from then on the first two seasons were kind of a rough watch, but I, I feel I've, like yeah. Arrow got, got interesting. I've heard that from people that, you know, and a lot of shows need to kind of find their stride. Right. But I've heard that from more than a few people on that. And also, um, uh, uh, Gotham, uh, with like, <laughs> it, it, it like figured out what kind of show it wanted to be. And then it was like, all right, no. here's what we are. Okay, well, that show figured it out, and then it forgot what it was after a while, too. That show is such a mess. Uh, Chris, Hawkeye or Green you gotta Arrow? Gotta go with Green Arrow. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Mm. No, when I was a kid, I um, for a little while I was into some Green Lantern comics, and then also, you know, tangentially, obviously, Green Arrow. He, he more would show up from time to time, but, you know, obviously he had his yeah. own comics. Um, so, yeah, I would have to go with Green Arrow. It was I, I I really liked Green Lantern a lot more, but that whole idea of of everything <laughs> that goes along with the Lantern Corps and and you know it's just cool. I, I dag on it. They need to make a good Green Lantern movie. But anyway, 
Really? Yeah. See, I mean, maybe it's bef- you know just before my time, right? I get in the comics, but like I couldn't tell you the first thing about the story of the Green Lantern or Green Arrow or any of that stuff. And <laughs> I really feel like the revitalization of uh, that T-shirt is just from the Big Bang Theory, with uh, uh, like the the ring uh, uh, Green Lantern shirt. Like I feel like that's oh, why yeah. I see it uh, all over the place is because of that show. Yeah, and the Flash, I saw a lot more. And the Flash, too, a lot, yeah, that. that's true. Well, there was but yeah, the movie, I, you know, and the movie is not as terrible as people make it out to be, but it's not great. So, it's not. So great. you're telling me, but are you telling me if I watched it, I would have a solid base knowledge of the lore Don't, of? No, the, no okay. I mean, there's yeah. better ways. To I, yeah, there. I'm telling you, it's, so, but, so, it's so an so okay that's, that's Green thing, Lantern movie. Right. So like, that's the thing is like, it's like you can tell people, hey, if you want to know, like, you know, some like uh, if you want to get a good, you know, base of, you know, uh, Spider-Man knowledge, you know, watch this movie. Sure. Or, or if watch you want this. the origin like, There's nothing story, you can point someone yeah. to. No, not for Green Arrow or Green Lantern. Yeah. Right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, which, like which is weird because they should both be in a Justice League movie, but they're not. Mm. Yeah. He deserve he deserves more. Deserves more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, if... I'm going to go with Chris on this one and go into the Green Arrow camp again. Um, Green Arrow is funny as heck. He mm. is, he's like what, what I, he's my version of Deadpool. Like, cause he, he tells funny jokes and they're not quite as crude, even though <laughs> you know, sometimes they're sexual and stuff, but he, he words them in a way that they're not gross to me. <laughs> like Jim, like Jim Gaffigan. Sure. I don't know <laughs> to answer that. Um, but yeah, I, I like his humor. Um, he's like, like you said, Green Lantern and him are a good pair. Uh, Black Canary and him are an amazing pair. Um, he's got some really cool moments in like Dark Knight Returns. Uh, he's he's really cool in there. Um, Injustice. He's he's got a really big part through there, which is which is awesome. Um, I I don't mind Hawkeye. I just watched a whole bunch of Marvel movies recently, and Age of Ultron. I know people usually think is like the worst Avengers movie, but he Hawkeye's got some really cool moments in there. Um, he, he's really shines in that movie a lot. I felt, mm. um, and uh, like Old Man Logan, he's got cool uh, story arc through that one. Um, so I don't dislike Hawkeye. I just like Green Arrow better. The most disappointing part of Infinity War was that Hawkeye did not die <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> Spoilers. He would have just been lost if he died because the, the bigger guys died, right? So, uh, good, you know, good. He he had cool moments again in Endgame because he didn't die though. Because did he really? He died and he he went really dark and he got the cool haircut. And did he, he Samurais. <laughs> did, yes, did, he did. did he really though? <laughs> Well, are you are you doing are you doing a little bit of a Thor impression right there? <laughs> if people could see your face, that's <laughs> <Is> right. <he? laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for that question, Mike. That was great. Um, we've got one from actually one of my old employees. Oh, um, okay. He, he shot a question. I don't know if you guys have, have seen his uh, avatar before on our on our question page. Uh, but he was asking, um, it may have already been discussed at length, but what are your opinions on the state of remakes and remasters? Good, bad, should more effort be put in by the devs? How are you guys feeling about remakes and remasters these days? Because I think it has been like a couple of years since we really dug into this topic. Yeah, and and I don't know if it's because I'm not, you know, as, a, a, you know, obviously like life before kids like you play a whole lot more games you have a whole lot more free time you're more like engaged in the uh you know in the uh in the the day-to-day like gaming news 
Um, so I'm a little less uh, into kind of the day-to-day -day stuff, so I might not see as many of the remasters that are out there, but I feel like for a while there were like a lot of remakes and remasters coming out, and maybe it's just not as much on my radar, but I feel like I haven't seen like a, a whole lot of this uh, really pop up. Like on my personal radar, there's the Kingdom Hearts games, so you always have a new Kingdom Hearts remaster collection coming out every year or two. Um, you have it being ported to a new system. You know, the Xbox got one and two. You know, prior to that, they just had three. Um, there's been uh, the rumors have kind of ramped up a little bit again that a Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition uh, trilogy is, is has been rated, so it's likely coming out, which is awesome. It's been confirmed that the uh, uh, soundtrack is coming out on a four uh, uh, four record vinyl set uh, next month from Space Lab. So it's like all these kind of things are pointing to that that's going to be a thing. So so the question is opinion on the states of remakes remasters, and then of course I can't forget uh, you know Demon Souls uh, you know is coming out. That's that's uh, you know definitely a game that is being remade. Um, so to me, I know a lot of people kind of have this very strong opinion on like oh there's too many sequels, you know there's too many remakes, there's too many this like give me original stuff. And of course, he's right. This has been talked about, uh, you know, at length at many, many different places. But to me, it's always about like, you know, if it's if it's good, it, it, it doesn't bother me if something's a remake or a remaster. Like, is it good? Is it fun? Is does it put the game into the hands of people who didn't have a chance to play it in a previous generation? You know, all, all these types of things. And it's not like, you know, this game coming out is taking away other games coming out that you can still play like you still can play that other stuff so to me as long as it's good it doesn't bother me uh final fantasy 7 remake was a bigger one that hit earlier in the year and i feel like all over my social media feeds was just people like this is great this is awesome i love it give me more and then some other people were like ah oh, this is weird i'd rather just have an hd up res of the exact thing that i had before don't change it so there's going to be you know different you know varying opinions you know on these things kind of as you go through the different uh, uh different types of gamers out there but i'm all for it um i can't wait to play through the mass effect games again um i can't wait to uh to to you know play some of the 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 things that i probably remember fondly and now you're like oh that was like 15 years ago like i wonder if they're gonna it's like kind of what chris said like i wonder if they're gonna fix this because this was a system that was like you know weird back then so i so the second part of this question should more effort be put in by devs i mean more than nothing yes um i don't i don't agree with uh you know i just... think he might be taking a shot at the mario 3d all-stars <laughs> gotcha okay um, so, so yeah, so I, you know, I, I'm always in the camp of like, don't just, you know, update the textures or like up the resolution and then push it back out. Uh, like the the one piece that comes to mind is uh, the uh, Shadow of the Colossus uh, remaster for the, the first one for the PS3. Um, it obviously has much higher resolution than the PS2, so it looked better. But when you play the game like side by side, you know, on PS2, PS3, you had this weird you know like the 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 distance draw distance was the same in both games even though the console is much more powerful so you could have them side by side and the ps3 version would still have like a mountain in the back kind of like pop in like when you got too close to it just like the ps2 one was so it really was like a kind of a cut and paste uh, type deal like from this platform to the other um so uh you know whenever you're going to put a product out uh there needs to be more effort put into it uh to uh to kind of bring it to the standards you know, of that you know that people expect and i think a good example of that a recent example of that um i've heard nothing but good things about the uh tony hawk uh one and two 
uh, uh, remaster. You know, you'd probably call that a remake because it's not just a remaster. That that game was fully probably, you know, redone uh, the way they they redid that. So, um, did you see the promo they did for that where they like physically in real life built the uh, warehouse and had Tony Hawk come in and like real yeah. life skate it? That it's was so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy to see stuff in real life that's in a game and like usually you only get to see that when the game is based on a real location and then you go to that real location and you're like oh like i play this in the game but when it's a, a, something that existed in a game and then they make that in real life that's kind of a, a a less common thing to see but yeah i don't and i know i'm going on but like i don't have any particular issue with remakes remasters i really appreciate when the extra effort is put in and the thing that i appreciate a lot that i don't feel like i see enough of is having a section you know built right into the game where you can go in and watch some you know developer interviews commentary special feature like the kind of stuff you used to find on like dvds you know and like blu-ray back when you know the format was relatively new you tried they tried to give you as much special feature added content as they could i'd like to see a little bit more of that stuff but uh yeah i have no issue with the current state of remakes chris how you feeling Good games are still good. I mean, uh, obviously, as somebody who's buying a PlayStation 5 just for a remake, or I guess a remaster, or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of like what Bill said. I If it gets the game out there and more people can play it, and <clears throat> maybe it looks a little prettier than it did last time. Um, but like I said, good games are still good. I, I, or like we were talking about earlier with the with the Dragon Quest games that okay yeah they re-released them on DS and um, will they continue to re-release them? I guarantee it, right? There'll be another mm. platform at some point. You're going to get those again, and yep. why? Because they're good and people like yep. them. And if you're a publisher, why shouldn't you give people what they want? Um, and if they really love something like. Mass Effect. I'm right with Bill. Like I would, I've played the Mass Effect trilogy a lot, and would I go back and buy it and play it again? Yeah, no problem. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I don't see a problem with it. You know, if it's a bad take, maybe on occasion that happens, but most of the time, it's either as good or better. I don't see a lot of uh, bad versions of that. And uh, you know, I can just think it. You're right. I mean, like. I think it's a, a good way to plug in the gaps sometimes mm -hmm. because like last generation, yeah, we saw a lot of them yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to warn you, psst, you're going to see a lot of them again um, yep. because they don't have time to develop new PlayStation five and series X games. It's, it takes right. years to do that. So what do you fill the holes with? Well, we can just take this old one and mm -hmm. we can make it look a little prettier and sell it to you for $40 this time right. instead of 70 from, from what I've, I've read, too, it's a good way to teach new people in the development side, too. Like they get to work on these games and learn the skills that they can then take on to a new project after that. And they know right. how to deal with these new textures and new um, development cycles and stuff and and put out something right. unique after the fact, after they've, you know learned the the ropes right. on on something a little safer and sometimes right. they really fill in some problems like i mean if you go back and play the original dark souls everybody always complained that you know the there was the swamp and it was terrible and the frame rate was hot garbage and it was i mean it was just it was like the end of the single digit yeah, frame Blight, rate Blight town. light town was yeah it was if you played that like on xbox 360 or three or 
PS3. Like, it would just chug horribly. Mm. Uh, and the remastered version, it's like butter. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? I, you know, that's something that's really minor, but again, it's a, it was still a good game. And yep. I have no problem of it. Cash in? Sure. Why not? I don't see a problem. Right. I was thinking that before, uh, like that we haven't had a lot of remasters lately because there hasn't been like a brand new system, like, you know, that's been on the market, like switch kind of counts a little bit cause it's relatively newer, but yeah, you saw a lot of things ported to it and a lot of things, you know, uh, came to it, like you said, to fill in those, uh, those development gaps, there's going to be a lot in the next year. Um, and it's also depends on kind of how you, how you, uh, how you define those things. So you have like, you know, remakes slash remasters. So remake slash remaster, like, you know, does that also include ports? You know, because you have like, uh, for example, like episode one racer that's like, okay, like now that's available on Switch. Uh, And we talked about this before. Like, I love this game. I had it on 64. Then I bought it on Dreamcast and it was available on PC. And like now it's available on Switch. And it's like, okay, am I going to be in a position where I'd like to play episode one racer on a plane, you know, at some point in the future? Maybe. If this goes on sale, will I buy it? Yes. You know, so it's one of those things like a good game's a good game's a good game, but I, I I know what I'm getting going in. This is a this is a port, you know, this is a ten, you know, dollar thing that they just stuck on this system. I I I don't like when I don't like the idea of someone putting a a sixty dollar price tag on something. Like for instance, Burnout uh, Paradise. So Burnout Paradise has been out forever. It's one of my favorite games, you know, Xbox 360, then, uh, you know, PC, and it's it's uh, it's moved on from there. So Burnout Paradise Remastered is available on the Nintendo Switch now for, like, full retail price, like 50 60 bucks. There's nothing different about Burnout Paradise Remastered on the Switch uh, compared to, you know, Burnout Paradise that was released, you know, five, ten years ago. And it's, like, $6 on every other platform. You can get it for $5 on Steam. That's the piece that bugs me. And I'm not just talking about the Switch tax because, you know, the games that come out there are 50, you know, plus dollars. Um, It bugs me when a game that's been everywhere forever comes out, uh, you know, on a system that's like, okay, it's $60. It's like, well, that's the piece that kind of bugs me a little bit just value wise. But uh, good games are still good. And uh, I, I always like to see, you know, games come out, especially ones that I didn't have the chance to play previously. And like 3D All-Stars, like you're saying, maybe this is a dig at 3D All-Stars. 3D All-Stars is just like Bill was saying, it's a port. So you're getting three games for the price of one. And they're all really good games. And they don't pretend, they don't say remastered. Well, two of them are really good. Okay, yes, I'll agree. <laughs> I'll agree. Coming. One of them is, eh, but, yeah. but it doesn't, nowhere on the package does it say remastered or remake. Right. It's literally yeah. just, here's the All-Stars. old games, yep. they're up play them. Right. It's like it's similar to me like if you see like a red bar PlayStation label and it says, Oh, PlayStation Classics. They're not telling you this is better, this is the same thing that it was before. We've lowered the price and we're selling more volume, right? So so yeah, you're right about that, that it's it's not like it says uh you know, it's not like Metroid Prime trilogy H D, you know, like super, you know, something like that. It's Mario three D All Stars, you know what you're getting. Yeah, and kind of talking, you know, about this generational switch. Switch. That's why I haven't been in any big hurry to play Ghost of Tsushima. I, I would like to play it at some point in time, but I'm kind of banking on the fact that it will probably have a game of the year PlayStation Five version or something. Yeah. It seems yeah, like a yeah. no brainer. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll play in it the then. Same boat as you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat, but with different games. So so yeah. <laughs> Bill's all in for 
PlayStation 5 uh, Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you guys seen? They're gonna they're gonna add like four megs of RAM to the loading of the <laughs> Markarth area. You'll never believe how how beautiful horse armor can look. Yeah, you want to you want to read these uh, bitmap books for me <laughs> for a little bit longer? But uh, yeah, Skyrim's still awesome. What about you, Kelsey? We've we've droned on. I'm all in. I I want every kind of game to be remade, re-released, ported, whatever you mm. want to call them in any fashion. Mm. Um, like Bill was saying, like something like Episode One Racer, love it. 3D All Stars, love it. Even though they're very bare bones and they're very much just the plain old game that's it but then things like resident evil 2 was one of my favorite games i played that year it was phenomenal and i still love the old one like it's not like it made that game worse it's just totally different take on it and they're both really beautiful really cool do some interesting things um the final fantasy 7 i think is the only one that's made me feel uncomfortable just with how they're releasing it. it it looks really cool and i'm sure i would like it once all the parts are out but it's weird to like have just a portion of the game come out at full price like bill is saying the mm. the value behind it i don't see in that one because i feel like i'm getting a third of the game not the whole game right. that's good i don't even know when the other two are coming out yeah. they haven't even talked about like right. release dates for the rest and they won't even be I, on the same console yeah. generation right exactly i yeah the yeah, one and i didn't mention that but one thing i really don't like about the way they release that game is that there's no indication on the packaging when you buy it that it's not the whole thing it doesn't 100%. say you know like part one you know like part one or you know like episode one or whatever um and uh uh what do you call it on um uh the um because you guys are saying part of three i i thought i years ago when they first started talking about it they were like oh it's going to be episodic and we're we're shooting for like at least like four or five so i don't know if i've missed something and they've cut that down to three that you guys are saying for the I, next i've two. heard three okay. but uh yeah but it like they've given so little info i don't right. know how reliable that is hey, yeah and, and spoiler alert if they only got as far as they got story-wise in in this one like there's no way two more of this scope of game is gonna you know fill the final fantasy 7 you know story arc yeah. so but and you know what it reminds me of is when odd world came out the first one abe's odyssey and it and like you i remember getting really inspired by this little like writing that was on the inside of the the cd insert it was like Oh, like we have this plan this you know this long term this is going to be a quintology and we have like a, like i and I was, I was like oh this is awesome they have this plan for five games and it's going to be great and then a little time goes by and then abe's exodus comes out and then it's like some things change and then munch's odyssey happens and they're like oh well yeah but this isn't part of the original plan it's like another thing and then it's like odd work like stranger's wrath and you're like what guys what is happening <laughs> what happened to the original plan so yeah i i do think it can kind of go go off course a little bit um, but it's funny that no one mentioned um, uh, wanting these things to happen as, as collectors of physical things, because sometimes these are games that didn't get physical releases. So uh, does it make you happy when something gets like, you know, a remake or remaster gets a physical release when it never had one before? Isn't that uh, yeah, something to look that, forward that's to? That's actually uh, Anna Perina, the mm. publisher. They mm. put out this collection. I'm, I'm really trying to scrounge up 200 bucks to buy it because it is... 10 games mm. that mostly have only been digital only until now and they're putting out collector's versions of all yeah. of them in like yeah. one big awesome looking box set yeah annapurna I really really want to yeah. get it annapurna is awesome uh the uh, uh our uh, outer wilds 
um, which yep, that's, uh, that's included in the set. Too. Yep. Which yeah, Annapurna. Th- that's how Annapurna got on my radar. Is I kept seeing that name as I would load up Outer Wilds, and I was like, if these guys saw how great Outer Wilds was, I need to know what else they know about. And uh, they're awesome. Yeah, the collection's got like it's got six games in it that I have had on my radar. Like I really want these if they come out physically, and there's six mm-hmm. of them all at once, and then four other ones that I haven't heard of. But I'm like, I I know the rest of these are things I want, so I'm sure there's going to be at least one or two more gems in those four mm-hmm. other ones. Yeah, um, I- yeah. So I love that kind of remake too, when they just like slap something on a disc that's never been on a disc. But something like before that. I mean, not exactly like that, but that's why I like when I threw that picture of the physical final fantasy 9 for switch in chat i thought like oh this is totally kelsey will get this i mean duh he co- mm. and he's like nah i'm like what what <laughs> what what and then that's kind of like this whole conversation we're having but it's like nah yep. <laughs> i'm super happy it exists if it comes if it comes out in north america i'll probably pick it up just conveniently at a store one day when i'm there mm. but i like if i keep dipping out of my region there's no end to how many things i can buy so i have to set a limit (laughs) that keeps me reined in a little bit so so just real quick not just before we get off annapurna um have do you recognize the name from their film division or uh, just the interactive software division not film no yeah because annapurna uh is a division of the annapurna films and uh uh your boy uh brad pitt uh, they uh, were the production company for Killing Them Softly, nice. uh, among some other great movies. But yeah, Annapurna uh, has just kind of got on my radar from Outer Wilds, and I started like looking into them a bit. And I'm like, this company has made like a like or been involved with like a billion things that are awesome that I really like. So that's I try to go down those rabbit holes once I find those cool companies. Yeah, they're a really really cool publisher for sure. So. More remakes, more remasters, please. Yep, I'm good with all, it. All kinds. My, my kids were just playing, uh, just last thing I'll mention, um, the uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, which I mentioned before. They were playing Kingdom Hearts 3, and this was back when we just had 3 on the, the, the Xbox. And then they, they kept booting it up, and then my son one day said, is there a Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2? <laughs> I was like, yeah, there is a 1 and 2. I was like, but they're on PlayStation, and we don't we don't have it there. Um, and then when they announced that the collections were coming out, I told them, I was like, oh, you get to play 1 and 2 now. And it kind of fell off the radar for a bit. But just tonight before bed, they they started it. Uh, if I told you my kids like restarting games, they just like wiping the save file out and doing it again. Might my be... son does the mm-hmm. same yeah. all the time. They, they, they love it. So uh, uh, like the other night, they played through the tutorial and it's like that little stained glass level where you're like walking up the stairs, you fight a boss, choose a weapon, keep going. And then so the tonight he's playing it again. And I was like, oh, did you is this from the save point? And, he, and, and Callahan's like, no, he deleted it and started again. And I looked at him. I was like, why did you do that? And he was like, I wanted to choose the sword this time. <laughs> See if it changes. Because <laughs> he chose like the wand last time. But yeah, yeah they just started uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. So it's like. I, I try to look at it from the from the point of view of the kids is like, you know, they don't know anything about the business of games or like that this is a remake or that, you know, they're supposed to be angry about it as as good law abiding gamers. It's just a game that they never got the chance to play that they get to play now. So uh, I'd, I'd be curious um, uh, on some of the opinions of uh, some of the other folks out there to see if, uh, uh, you know, what they think about it. Um, so we got one final question Mm. this one uh we pulled from facebook from thomas blaine 
saying, assuming you own your own properties, does anyone consider building an expansion to your house or do any construction within the house to accommodate a game room? So I think we're all homeowners here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about because, yeah, that's the problem is I don't. I've got kids and I've got a house and there's not really space for a game room. I think I've said that a bunch of times. So I just have to kind of put things in places and store things and get little things out here and there when I want to mess around with them. And I've thought about it and I keep going back, but I'm like, would that make any sense? Or would it just be smarter just to get another house? I'm like, it would be such a night. A, a game house? No. Of game <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It, it, the idea of yes. heavy construction on your house yeah. is almost like that would just be such a crazy mess. It would just probably be easier just to buy another house that was more to what you wanted and sell this one. Uh, that's my thoughts. Cause I've thought about like, you know, maybe I would, yeah. Cause this house, you know, we, we own it free and clear. So how, how long have you lived in that particular house? I've lived in this house for almost 20 years. No. Yeah. So when you were buying it, were you specifically thinking like about a game room at well, that time, or was that not even a? You have to understand when I bought this house, it was yeah. me. Video games hadn't been invented yet. Yes, well, I, I, I had just I just found <laughs> Pong at the local at the local Andy Caps bar down the street. <laughs> um, no, well, it was just me, and it was my now oldest daughter. Um, because I won't go into my whole big backstory, but. I was a single dad. And um, so I had this huge house, a four-bedroom house, two baths, me and my two-year-old daughter. Mm. And yeah, I had games. I had a room. I had a room mm. for working out. I had a room for games. <laughs> I had all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It was awesome. And then I got, started collecting yeah. family members. Yeah, I yeah. got, I got you were, married. You, and You I were like more, cyberpunk over there. I had more kids. <laughs> Wake and, up, work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this house was gigantic when I first got it. Uh, and now it's, I mean, it's not tiny or cramped, but I mean, there's no room for that. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, would I like to have a place? I say it all the time. It's like, it's especially when I'm like, oh, I want to play this. Okay, I got to shuffle this console out, hook hmm. it up, shuffle the other stuff away back in a box and then back and forth and back and forth. But yeah, I just go like, I don't know, man. Home construction. Eesh. So, I mean... But Kelsey, you have done work, right? Yeah. Nothing like like added an addition on or anything, but all the three houses that I've owned, uh, sorry, one trailer and two houses that I've owned since being a homeowner, that's just been one of the features I wanted, like a space for that. So when we bought our trailer, which was our first home when we were expecting a child, it had an addition already on it. So that was just the game room was the part that was separate from the rest of the trailer. And then when we moved into our first house, like we made sure it had a big finished basement with an extra bedroom that just became the game room. So I, I put you know some paint in there and installed some shelving, nothing major. And now we're in our current house. There, there's this really weird room. I have no idea what it was supposed to be. It's just really long and windowless. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, this works perfect for what I want. And I had a friend come down. We built uh, shelving, installed it in there. Um, so it's got spots for all the consoles, TVs, speakers, that kind of stuff. And then we, he's, he's much more 
proficient uh, with uh, electrical than I am. So he helped me. We had four open breakers on our breaker box. So we installed them all in the game room so that I don't ever blow a breaker, no matter how much weird stuff I want to run at the same time. Uh, so we, yeah, we like wired everything from the game room into the breaker box. So like my Wii has its own power source. My N64 mm-hmm. has its own power source. My 360 has its own power source. So everything can be plugged in separate from each other. I don't have to overload any any outlets uh, at any time. Well, that's the most um, construction I've ever done um, for that kind of thing. I Like Chris said, I, I, I don't know if I would ever do that unless I wanted to like build like an arcade or something by my house, which I don't have the means to do. So I'd rather look as look for a feature in the house I'm buying that has space for that and just kind of slightly modify it. We're in a condo right now too, so we can't build an addition on like without strata approval. That's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Bill, you kind of got your basement, right? I kind of have my basement. So yeah, that's uh, that's a good way to put it. So we do have a finished basement. Um, it's uh, uh, so like when you first get down there, it's like a little like room that's like enclosed off. That's like the furnace and the water softener. So that's not really usable. There's a little workroom where I kind of keep my tools and like I have. Uh, there's really not a lot of room for that stuff so basically all my like power tools uh need to be like mobile so i have like a a, a table saw that's like on a like a like a rolling kind of stand so i can like roll it outside to use it i have a miter saw on a rolling stand roll it outside to use it so when you were saying like can i like shuffle things around to use them i can't just walk into my you know workshop and just start using tools there needs to be like a whole like you know shuffle setup type deal and the games are kind of the same way um so as you walk further in my finished basement there's like a little desk area, um, not desk, because it's just like something I threw together with like two by fours and a piece of plywood. Um, and it's kind of like utility. It's got like my wife's sewing machine on it. I keep uh, like a bunch of video game magazines on the shelves underneath. The Millennium Falcon's on it right now because it can't be on my dining room table because we have guests. Uh, then there's like a little shipping room that's full of Legos, <laughs> like floor to ceiling, oh, but wow. not mine, like, like sealed boxes of stuff that I'm raffling off. Um, and that's a whole other, you know, subject for another show. But, uh, and then you have like my actual area that's like kind of like the downstairs guest room slash where my computer, you know, gaming office is slash, um, kind of kids play area. Cause it's, uh, it's got a couple of closets. It's got a couch, it's got a recliner, my computer desk and chair in there. And like just a whole bunch of just loose Legos that my kids have down there. They can come down and build whatever creations they want. And then there's a little piece of Ikea furniture. I don't remember what it's called, but it's, it's, it can either stand up, you know, vertically or or lay on its side. And it's got like compartments with all different sizes. So uh, the very bottom of it is got like laser discs and records and some bigger stuff like that. And then the middle and the top compartments have like, you know, like the, what do you call it? Like the power max Panamax, uh, like power conditioner. And that's where all the power plugs in. So it's like the switch, the NES classic, the super NES classic, the, uh, my modded Xbox, uh, the Wii is on there. Um, and, uh, the laser disc player and like all the newer consoles are upstairs. And then I have a closet that has like the dreamcast and the N64 and the Nintendo and the super, cause they all can't be out and plugged in at the same time. So it's kind of the situation where it's like, you know, I have the closet over there. If we really want to take the Nintendo out, you know, take five minutes to you know kind of go in there, like shuffle it out, get the cables all connected a nice way, turn it on. Okay, now we can play. Um, the big the problem is there's not really room to store 
hundreds of games down there. So uh, we're lucky enough. My parents live uh, uh, just about 15, 20 minutes from here, uh, one town over. And they have a great big uh, basement that all my like old shelves, uh, uh, I keep all the games over there. So we'll see them, you know, pretty regularly. And if I just happen to be down there, I'll just go down and look at the collection and I'll see something. And I'm like, oh, I haven't played, you know, random, you know, I haven't played Star Wars Masters of Terras Kasi in a couple of years. I know it's not, you know, a fan favorite, but whatever. I, you know, one of the first games I ever got, in I want to play it. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll pull that off the shelf. It was one of the first three PlayStation uh, games I owned. When we got the PlayStation for Christmas, it was Masters of Terras Kasi, NHL 98, and Final Fantasy 7. So, like, that's just like a, a, you know. If I, like, looked through the PlayStation library and was like, I need to pick three games that describe Bill. <laughs> 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 yep so uh but yeah so like you know it's so the long way around the question is that's kind of like my current gaming setup and then like the living room on our main level that's where the big tv is you know the smart tv with the xbox and the, like the modern uh stuff on it that's kind of like where the family like you know does most of it's hanging out and the kids are a lot of time on that tv so there's we've always kind of been able to work around it um, I do own three arcade machines. I'm and, oh, sorry, I own four. Three of them are like functional, and operational, and the fourth one is like a project machine that uh, you know needs some more work. But it's there's always been talk about you know if we did an addition or if we got a bigger place, you know, like then you'd have because uh, one of the the big things that we don't have that we wish we had is a garage. Um, and if we had the garage, not only would it be the, you know a place to keep the cars. But that would be where I'd put the arcade machines. Um, so one of the things we talked about the last couple of years is we have a, we have you know the property to do it to put the garage on. It's just you know the money and the financing and figuring out the timing. So we're getting closer. We've done um, you know the the what do you call it like the the zoning like the permits. We've done like all the uh, research. Um, so we're trying to get the ball rolling on adding the garage this spring. Um, we just had the opportunity to, we had two enormous pine trees in the backyard that we've been meaning to take down. We already took down four. We had two more that we've been meaning to take down. My neighbor just gets my attention the other day. He's like, oh, Bill, I'm, I got some guys taking some trees down tomorrow just so you know what's going on if you see, like, you know, heavy machinery over here. I said, do you mind if I ask them if they can, you know, do one of my, you know, property if it doesn't, you know, affect yours? He's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. So we call them up and we're like, hey, what do you do for this tree? And he gave us a price that was like half what we've gotten on other quotes because he's already there and set up all it is is just you know turning the arm of the bucket truck you know this way so had an opportunity to take a tree down so paid the money took the tree down so uh and that's one of the things that we because the thing is if we put the garage on the property you wouldn't be able to like drive a big truck onto our backyard anymore so one of the things we wanted to do is get those trees down before we did the garage and the so if the garage happens the arcade machines go in it and it would be a two level and then the top of it would be kind of like laid out like an apartment but just like used for storage for now and then you know maybe eventually like have some additional space there so uh we've always been able to work through you know getting our space uh in our current situation and having my parents being so close so i wouldn't call the garage specifically in addition for the game room um but it is definitely on my mind whenever i think about the garage the arcade machines would be here they would just be set up hooked up also like i mentioned all the tools before 
there has to be the shuffle for me to be able to use them. I'd have enough space in the back of the garage where I could just walk in and start using tools. And that's one of the biggest roadblocks to me doing the arcade restoration stuff. You got to like set everything up and get a couple of sawhorses and get a piece of plywood on top and then get the arcade machine uh, or sorry, the piece of wood that you want to work on and then get, you know, your tool out. here. And then like, so by the time you do all that stuff, you do step one out of the 17 steps you got to do. And it's like, okay, it's 645. I got to get back inside. We got to have dinner. Got to get the kids bathed. Got to get them to bed. So now you got to like take all that crap you did and put it away. And it's like you spent like an hour and 10 minutes doing one, you know, thing. And it's like you could do that 17 times, you know, 17 days in a row, but it's just so like, uh, it's just so frustrating, like putting all that effort in and getting so little done. So love to get the garage done, have the space for the game, space for the tools, space for storage, be able to breathe a little bit. Uh, Chris, you said your space doesn't feel tiny. Like ours is starting to feel pretty cramped. Like every room pretty much. It's like, why is the stroller right there? Well, because it can't be in there anymore. Why is the baseball bag there? Why is the car seat there? You know, it's like that's how it's starting to feel here. So definitely be able to breathe a bit more if we had that. But uh, yeah, game game storage, I know, is a, is a challenge for you physical guys, especially. <laughs> Well, that's that's it for our questions. So I want to thank everybody for sending those in. Um, sorry, this episode's a little shorter than the typical one, but we'll be back to our regular like fifty plus meg episode next week <laughs> when we talk about Neo Geo games and hardware. Um, so look forward to that. We should have that in about two weeks for you. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back shortly. <laughs>